The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Airline Antics and it's mainly stories of in-flight fun, <laughs> which is refreshing for me considering the last few years haven't been all that much fun. But these stories are mainly of uh, pranks and hijinks that happen on the plane. And uh, let's just go ahead and get the party started. Let's go for some airline antics. was everybody would know Vern because he was just a real joker. He just he had a really good sense of humor. He was a lot of fun. And he first checked me out when I was on the uh, 737. And he was always fooling around. When he was a co-pilot, he just liked to fool around a lot. And they had one guy who was doing the Hawaii thing, and they called him Shaky Jake. Did I tell you that? No. They called him Shaky Jake because he was very nervous. He was always really nervous. <laughs> and, and, you know, back in those days, it probably was a lot more difficult than it is now you know what's more to it and uh, so anyway they'd been flying together for a while going back and forth to Hawaii so he worked out with the engineer they were on a 720 he worked out with the engineer that they were going to play a, a joke on it and he went to maintenance and he said he got a uh, went into the trash can and he got a, a big cannon plug with a whole bunch of wires sticking out of it and before Shaky Jake came to the airplane he shoved it up underneath the instrument panel underneath where the rudder pedals are. <laughs> so as they're taxiing out the first time, he's, he's going, what the heck is that? There's something down here. What, what is that? But then they just continue on. And they get about halfway over the ocean, halfway between uh, the mainland and Hawaii. And it, it, periodically he just keeps saying, what is that? That just doesn't feel right. And finally, he's like, what the heck is that? And he reaches down under the... <laughs> He grabs his bundle of wires and he tears it out from under the guy. And at the same time, the engineer throws a bunch of switches so all these lights come on the instrument panel. <laughs> and Shaky Jay goes, oh my God! <laughs> of course, they just had a big laugh. Nothing, nothing really happened, but... Yesterday, I was on a flight going to Honolulu and back from Los Angeles, and something that can irritate flight attendants, and it probably irritates people in other 
walks of life also are these new noise-canceling headphones or even any type of headphones at all where people have loud music playing where they just can't hear anything you say. So, you know, lots of times you're going, something to drink? Hello, would you like something to drink? And you're basically having to start waving your hand all the way over to the window at somebody with those headphones on. And I was laughing with some other passengers saying, you know, I could say anything to him and he can't a word I'm saying. <laughs> so I decided to have a little fun with this concept. And I was uh, talking with the other passengers while I'm on the beverage cart. And I said, you know, I could say anything to those people. And they had no idea. But I said, you know, but they might be able to read your lips. So I was trying to think of something to say to them that was off the wall but sounded similar or would look similar to me saying something to drink. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get to this guy and now I start looking forward to serving somebody with the headphones on, which is the exact opposite of how I felt before. So I, I see this guy a couple rows ahead with the headphones on. So I get it to him and I say, uh, do you need a shrink? And he said, Diet Coke. <laughs> started laughing. <laughs> I bent down and I said, you know, I could say anything to those people. <laughs> so the guy in the headphones still has no idea. I give him his Diet Coke. I go a few more rows. And this, this woman said, you know, you have the nicest smile. You really look like you're having a good time. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's because I'm thinking up insults for the people with <laughs> the headphones on. <laughs> So, you know, people go into Honolulu or in a, in a good mood. They're going on vacation. So she's, her and her friend, I said, but I'm trying to think of things that would look like I'm saying something to drink. So she goes, how about, do your feet stink? <laughs> and so, I, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Actually, she said, do you know you stink? And I thought, oh, I don't really want to get in trouble. So I was trying to think of things I could say that were sort of nonsensical, make the other people laugh without actually coming out in, in insulting the headphone people. So I get to this next guy. It seems like they're almost all guys with these headphones. You know, boys and their toys. So I get to this next guy, big guy. I said, uh, are your toenails pink? <laughs> And he says, just water. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I thought of this whole plan. And, you know, the other girl on the cart is just laughing hysterically. You know, we're having such a good time. And that's the other thing. Because I'm smiling when I'm saying, <laughs> do you need a shrink? <laughs> they don't have any idea you're making fun of them. So... I've decided that on my next trip, I'm going to do this the whole flight, and I'll be in a really good mood. And I'm actually going to look forward to those people with the headphones on, because you know you can mess with them. You had a different airline, which is kind of exciting for me. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, we like. There I was. <laughs> Lots of airspeed and ideas and no bogeys. I, uh, we'll take a, a new hire flight attendant will come on. It's maybe her first trip, and we'll, we'll get her to take an air sample. We'll tell her we need an air sample to an test it. Sample. So she'll get a trash bag, and she'll walk up and down the aisle with a bag open like a windsock. 
and collect air and bring it up to us. She'll tie it up, and we say, "Okay, okay, that's really great." Because when we get to you know L.A., we're going to turn it in. They got it because the air conditioning system. People are complaining about allergies. They're going to test it. So she takes that very seriously. And a lot of times, we'll tell the passengers that's what they're doing. And we've had them go down and. Look at that one's good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, We'll tell them we need some relative bearing grease, which is no such thing. And they'll they'll go try and find him. We'll tell the mechanics right down there. We'll call the radio, tell her she's coming. She'll come and says, the pass. But I said, sit me down to see if I can get some relative bearing grease, which there is no such thing. <laughs> so they play along with her on that. And then jokes that they'll play on the passengers is uh, they'll hide in an overhead bin during boarding. They'll lay in a bin and close it. Passers board, and they open it up to put their bags in, and she jumps out at them, and that's usually good for a few laughs. That is good. And yeah, it's hard to get up there. Um, we used to when we got these new laughs. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them can't get up there. <laughs> I'm so far away, had to see my baby. Okay, this happened on your first trip, you said? my first trip uh, we laid over in Pittsburgh we got in late left the following afternoon and we flew back to a main hub and as we got off the airplane um, I noticed all the all the flight attendants were lined up uh, to say goodbye to me I thought nice really nice but what they were doing is they they were sabotaging my bag and I didn't realize this but they they put a, a pair of pantyhose in my suitcase, and it and is uh, so. And then they were blocking it, my view of it, so I couldn't see. So when I got off, I said goodbye. They gave me hugs, and and I picked up my suitcase. And we this is before they had rollerboards, and we were walking down the main concourse, Atlanta. And uh, finally, this captain I'm flying with goes, Larry. Damn it. Get those pantyhose out of your suitcase. I said, what are you talking about? I looked back, and they were dragging back, and I'd walked all, I mean, we'd walked from one concourse to another. I mean, everybody was probably laughing at me the whole time, but I thought that was really funny. So this is a story that was told to me when I first started flying, so it didn't happen to me. Um... The flight attendant hears the call bell and goes up to the passenger. And um, it was a little old lady. Looks just like somebody's grandmother. And uh, when she gets there, she's in shock. She doesn't know what to say. She really wants to laugh, but she just can't do that. And the little lady is sitting there with the old-style um, headphones. Up, rubber on it. Right. Yeah. yeah, and they were really yeah. stiff. And she's got... The, the ends up her nose and she's wondering why she's not getting enough oxygen and she wanted the flight attendant to do something about it. And the flight attendant was just in shock. She almost started screaming out of laughter. I mean, I, also it was told to me. It was up her nose. And she wasn't breathing well. She needed more oxygen. One of, one of my first trips, engineer on the 727. Three guys, everyone's cutting up. Yeah. The flight attendant called. Somehow, 
she said that she had was in contact with the ops and we were to be drug tested when we landed at our destination. So this has probably happened before. That's funny that the flight attendant calls you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is one of my first trips. I don't know what this is all about. So the captain goes back in the lab, comes back, and he had put his uh, urine sample in a cup and was holding it. And I'm thinking, well, this is a ma- you know obviously a major airline. These guys are really professional. I don't know why he's doing that, but <laughs> I'll just follow suit. Co-pilot goes back, comes back with his urine sample, and they're both sitting there with the urine sample. We're in light shop, and the sample's kind of bouncing around. So I go back. It's my turn. I'm like, well, those guys are a bunch of idiots. I'm going to pee in a bottle <laughs> and screw on the top. So I come back with mine in a bottle. I'm smarter than these guys. And so the captain finally goes, he's bitching about the, you know, the, the airline drug testing and everything. So he just decides to drink his. <laughs> and that's when I, yeah, that's when I figured out, all right. You got me here. That's good. So you actually did it. Oh, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't drink it. So I've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now. It has, most of you know, I don't get paid. I've never made a penny from doing the podcast, but I've really been rewarded in a lot of other ways with the goodwill, with the nice emails. You know, I've gotten to be on NPR and the BBC. You know, people weren't asking me to be on radio shows before I started doing the podcast. So I really feel like it has been a really positive experience. I've also learned a lot. So it it has been positive all around. Um, But bottom line, I still don't make any money and money is always nice. (laughs) So this was really fun recently. I get an email from the people at Land's End, you know, Land's End, www.landsend.com, catalog mainly, uh, retailer. And uh, they said they saw me in Real Simple Travel. Uh, Real Simple, great magazine, had a special travel issue and I didn't even know, but I was in it. And uh, it was really fun, too. And um, that's the other thing. You know, yes, I don't make any money, but I wasn't in magazines before I started this podcast either. Now I've been in travel and leisure and now real simple. So, you know, it's exciting. So uh, in Real Simple, it said, uh, Internet Explorers, if you can't leave town, live vicariously through these blogs. I get called a blog a lot. It said, uh, and I was first, which is nice. And it said, Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. It said, uh, a flight attendant's mile high tales from the silly, a passenger stuck in the loo. To the sublime, a baby being bored mid-flight. I love that, from the silly to the sublime. It's perfect for my show. <laughs> so, um, so I was actually happy that Land's End contacted me in the first place because I didn't know I was in Real Simple, so I had to run out and get that magazine. But uh, Land's End, the people at Land's End said they saw me in Real Simple and wanted to send me a suitcase. <laughs> now, I know that's a little thing, but to me it was really exciting because it was sort of a my first tangible reward for the podcast. And it's a nice suitcase. It got here in like two days. It's a really nice suitcase. It looks great. It has a lot of really nice features. It's lightweight. Um, I really like the suitcase from Land's End. And uh, the thing that I like 
the most about it? Well, first of all, it felt like an endorsement. It made me feel a little more legitimate, <laughs> you know, like a real broadcaster that somebody wanted to send me something and hoped I would say something on the show. I was like, woohoo. But the other thing I thought was even more perfect is that the first tangible reward I've gotten from my podcast, Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, is a suitcase. <laughs> it's just perfect. This is another thing you do to the passenger? Flight attendants do this, which is, I think, pretty funny. They, they hey, folks, you know, we're kind of tired. It's been a long day. And this is like where we're taxiing out. And uh, we really, we really don't feel like handing out peanuts, so we're just going to do it this way. So they literally lay the peanuts down, and when you rotate, they will slide the whole length down the aisle. And it says, here come your peanuts, and people grab them and hand them. People take it seriously. People grab them and hand them into the person by the window, and they keep going, and they... They push them back. Yeah, that Is sounds like, like fun. Now, are they in the bags or are they just rolling loose? No, no, no they're, in the bags, they're in the bags. They're in the bags. People really eat them, but and then they'll, they'll say, "Okay, folks, pick up your feet. Here come the drinks." <laughs> It's not like being a regular instructor. I was flying Cessna 172s, little single engine trainer airplanes, taking the guys out on their first 15 hours of flying anywhere. And if they passed, then they went ahead and went to jets and went to pilot training. And, and like I said, we were getting guys right off the street that signed up and had never, the, some, the first jet or plane ride they ever had in many cases was the flight to San Antonio to start this program. So. We, we were flying, I was flying with this uh, young man from uh, Manhattan. He grew up in the city. And uh, I'm not sure he knew how to drive a car, uh, much less uh, fly the air. Fly. Anyway, we're out, and one thing you do is you pull the engine power back and has the student select a, a, a landing field you know, to land in case you lose an engine, a forced landing. Well, this student does okay, but the field he picked was one that was a hay field that had just recently been uh, the big, big uh, bailing machines that produced these 12-foot-tall uh, wheel-shaped hay bales. And they're about every 35 feet scattered out through this field. So, I mean, the field kind of appeared to be open, but obviously it was not a good selection. Right. And so I said, I, I told him to go around. And I, and, and I was debriefing him when we got back to the uh, base, asked him what he thought was the wrong thing about his field selection, and he said he didn't know. And I said, well, what about those big round things out there that were all over the field? And he goes, yes, sir, what were those? I said, that was a shredded wheat farm. <laughs> and he goes, really? And I said, yeah. The next day I find out that he's driving back on the bus with 28 of his fellow classmates pointing out every time they drive by a shredded wheat farm. I had a brand new flight attendant, and the trick was to get her to page a person called Anita Mann, A-N-I-T-A. <laughs> you done this before? No, but that's cute. Okay, what you do, you take like a baggage claim ticket or something like that, and you write A-N-I-T-A-M-A-N-N. -N. 
and you give it to the ops agent and say, come back in here and have like Susie Q, Paige, Anita Mann, right? And she's brand new, so she didn't know any different. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So she gets on the intercom back there, standing in front of the airplane. She goes, Anita Mann, would you please ring your call button? And she doesn't realize what she's saying. Anita Mann, please ring your call button. So she's thinking she's saying Anita Mann when she's really going, I need a man. And you stand behind her kind of like, do that in everybody. And they, they go, now they see it's a joke. And they all start laughing and stuff. So they they do. They start laughing and they're standing. Usually either the flight tents get it right away or they don't get it all. And they're going, what's wrong? How come everybody's laughing? They had a new hire flight attendant on this 727 crew. Landed to Houston, landed to Houston or something like that. And the girls were Houston-based, so they were going home. And uh, you've probably heard this story, but uh, they got to cruise. Somebody called up and said they'd all planned this in advance. Uh, the captain called back to the A-line and said, let me talk to the new hire in the back. And the, the new hire in the back picked up the inter- interphone and the captain said, hey, look, I don't want to scare you, but we just got a call from the dispatcher saying that the maintenance guy was working in the in the tail of the aircraft, you know, the air steer area. And somebody lost contact with him, but he, they think he's in, he, they think he's still back there, okay? And if you would... Uh, Come up, come up. We're going to give you a headset, one of these little headsets here, and plug in back there and see if you can hear him, you know. And so, of course, she she does that. I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. She takes the headset dutifully back to the back of the aircraft and uh, plugs in, and, and sure enough, uh, one of the guys in the cockpit is on the interphone, and they're, and, and, and they're saying stuff like, Help! Help! Yeah. Hey, help! I'm stuck back here. Can anybody hear me? You know. And so, apparently, they could hear the, this flight attendant running all the way from the back of the airplane, all the way to the bam, bam, bam on the door. They open the door. What's what? Did you hear anything? She says, "Oh my God, he's back there." And <clears throat> he says, "Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> By this time, they're halfway to Houston." He says it's it's too late to turn around and go back to Atlanta. So we'll we'll notify maintenance that we have we have this guy and we're going to take him to Houston. So if you would do us a favor, just monitor. You just put keep the head heads set on and just monitor and just you know let us know how he's doing back there. He should be fine. So far away, had to see my baby. Now, I'm sure most of you realize that the airlines have had a very rough, say, five years. There has just been so much turmoil, pay cuts, furloughs, just... It's basically like we've had salt poured on us for years, and, you know, the morale can get down. And I just find it exhausting, so much doom and gloom. I just... I sometimes just want everything to be fun again. I want to, you know infuse some levity into the day. So uh, I was actually on that beverage cart with a flight attendant who's somewhat ditzy, but I actually ditzy in a good way. She's very funny. And we're on the beverage cart and she's 
finished pouring her beverage, and she did a 360-degree turn and then started pouring more beverages. And she didn't say anything. And I said, um, did you just twirl? <laughs> she said, yes, I did. And the passengers all around her started laughing. So when we got back to the galley, I said to her and the other flight attendants, I'm like, what would the passengers do if we just spun on the beverage cart for no reason? Twirl. Would they think there was a reason? Would they think we were crazy? Or, you know, would they think there was an actual purpose for the spinning? <laughs> so for the next few trips, I kept bringing it up to flight and saying, you know, I'm trying to find someone a little, you know, nutty enough to do this uh, spinning experiment with me. And this one flight was like, oh, I'll do it. So we were on a we we're working a very long day, and this is now our fourth flight of a very long day. And we were trying to decide before we started the beverage service, well, you know, we don't want to spin after every beverage because that would just be exhausting. And so what we decided to, to do was uh, when we're on a beverage cart, flight attendants typically, once I'm finished with my passengers, I will tell the other flight attendant I'm ready to go. I'll say, um, can I make you anything? Or I'm ready to go. Or I'm ready, Freddie. We say something to let the other one know that we're ready to move the cart. So we decided to use the spinning as a visual clue instead of an audio clue that I'm ready to move the cart. So I thought I would spin, she would spin, and then we'd move the cart. <laughs> and we did it for the entire full aircraft. <laughs> so, you know, we got in such a good mood. Whenever you're doing something nonsensical, it always puts you in a better mood. It's sort of like wearing costumes at Halloween. You know, it, it's just so fun. And the passengers were laughing. And some of the passengers asked us about it. One guy actually just, uh, after I spun and then she spun and we moved the cart, he just was like, ha, 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 didn't say anything, just this belly laugh. And so, you know, it was very fun. And we got back to the galley and we're taking all the things off the cart. And this woman comes walking back with a napkin in her hand. And she comes back and says, um, about the the spinning? And we said, yes. And she said, well, I see on your napkin that your slogan is good goes around. <laughs> she thought that the company had told us to spin as part of the advertising <laughs> campaign. And, you know, we had to give it to her. That was a really good answer. That's about it for this episode. I hope you had fun with our airline fun, and I hope you'll join me again next time for another episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. I'm so far away. I have to fly first class.